0: Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minutes, the daily podcast in which we analyze Dawn of Justice by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows, and I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at No Clutch Nate,
1: and I'm John Wilson here this week. You can find me on Twitter at John Reads Comics. There is no H in John, and there is no H in Reads or Comics.
0: <laughs> you don't even. Just rip that H key oh, right out of the was keyboard. Funny. That's funny. right. <laughs> you don't even need it. Don't ever, don't even think about it. You just rip the H off the keyboard? Yeah.
1: And if you're a Spanish listener, you don't pronounce them anyway. So why
0: put them in your words? Grab the dial and rip the knob off. I was trying to think do we have an H in? Oh, yeah. You have one. And what? Nathan. But, oh, yeah. There's an H in there. Yeah. There is one. But, uh, we'll just call you Nathan from now on. Yeah. Yeah. Nate.
2: Yeah. Nate works. Yeah, there
0: you go. Just totally bypass that. Or
2: just with N-H-8-Nate. There's an H in that one. Like to- if you ha- hate, you know what I mean? Today.
0: N- uh- yeah, there you go. <laughs> Today on Dawn of Justice, <laughs> we're talking about Minute 161, uh, which is going to start with uh, um, them kind of, they've, they've uh, brought down Superman's body, Cal's body from the wreckage. And they've kind of lowered him down, and Lois Lane has finally regrouped with um, Wonder Woman. Regrouped? They never even grouped in the first place. But they, <laughs> you know, she meets up with them, um, and uh, yeah, Lois Lane is is um, holding Superman. Oh. Um, yeah, and then the minute's going to end with all of them: Batman, Wonder Woman, and Lois Lane uh, mourning the death. Of of this Kryptonian guy and this beautiful yeah and spread this shot this just it's, it's, but they're sitting
1: there helplessly and not I mean he's dead they can't do anything mm-hmm.
0: yeah this is such a... The, the shot that this minute ends with is uh it, it is a painting you know it, it is how you say beautiful yeah it's mm-hmm. it's
1: dark and haunting
0: it's almost like you know, it's straight out of like a Renaissance painting. Yeah. Like you could have an like a oil painting of this, you know, and if it, if you walked by someone who had it like on a wall and it was like, that that's just that's beautiful cinematography, like 101, like make well, that happen. Yeah. There's a
1: name for this in religious depictions, this scene of Mary. Holding the dead body of Jesus. There was a scene that was depicted so often that, that actually has a name. So this is this is Zack Snyder's take on the Pietà, mm. um, which is piety, which is you know suffering and, and faith and everything. Um and Lois is holding the dead the dead savior.
0: Yeah. When I was uh when I was in art school and I was doing a lot of drawing, like I fell in love with the pietà, like it was just there was just something about it and you know i think dawn of justice had just come out or something and um no it hadn't even come out yet but i think once i saw dawn of justice i was like wow the way that they are treating superman like it it literally has that that christ-like um just kind of allegory to it and And I liked it. I liked seeing that. Like, I've I've, I've told people a lot. Nate, you are really. I'm so off track right now, man. I don't know how to spell that word. Nate was trying to Google Pieta, and he kept typing papaya. There's no H in it. It kept coming up with
2: fruit. (laughs) it's
0: p i e t oh
2: gosh i can't i can't even i'm so far past <laughs> it man i just kept on getting uh, i wish someone fruit. had saw that it was it's... it was wrong, one right after the
0: <laughs> oh my gosh they, was having, they ha- was having the worst luck with google images Just. oh now. my gosh
2: <laughs> i thought it's supposed to know and listen to things
0: oh uh, that's funny uh, um but before we get into any more stuff about this minute uh first uh, we want to welcome you to the show, John. It's nice having you on board. Um, really wanted to have you on for this week to talk about what we're talking about right now. Um, but before we get into this minute uh, and then the rest of the week, we wanted to kind of get a deep dive into your thoughts about Dawn of Justice as a whole. What are your What, are your, what is your take on it? Uh, where do you stand with it? And um, yeah, let's go from there.
1: So... Um- To me, Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice form this duology um, that, I mean, I I don't really include Justice League in that. I mean, I can see why it picks up, you know, it does bring Superman back to life and everything and, and sort of make a trilogy. But these two films are such an artistic whole that I kind of just lump them together in my brain. And to me, this is after having read decades and decades of superman comics thousands and thousands of superman comics books and movies this is my single favorite work of superman literature um this these two films reach me on like a deep human emotional level um and so whenever i saw this film and came out i was kind of broken um because superman had just died and like my my superman who is really really like very important to me has died um and i didn't know how to think or how to feel the the little you know dust raising on the his coffin at the end gave me hope for the future but i remember walking out and i saw it with some friends but i was you know at the end of the day i was walking out the car alone it's just like i i don't know how to feel about this right now um but I love I love the film, going back through it, going back and be, de- diving into it and reviewing it and looking at it and picking it apart and analyzing it and getting more and more out of it every single time I do. It's just – it's amazing to me. And, and I said work of literature earlier. That's a very deliberate phrasing because, like, you know, when you're studying literature, when you're learning how to break down literature and you're looking for things like symbolism and metaphor and uh, – um allusions to other works. These films are rife with every single thing your English teacher ever told you to look for in literature. Um, And and they're my Superman. Also, um, I would date Henry Cavill... Every day and twice on Sunday. So man, you know, we're
2: going to just be the best of friends, aren't we?
1: You are just spe- you are speaking our language, dude. I mean, I, I consider myself mostly straight, but um, he's he's outside of that mostly. He's oh, yeah. he's, he's a specimen of
2: of, of man. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love without him without a doubt. Without I, a doubt. Walking through the door, hey, my knees are hitting that pavement.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was if I should go there or not, but yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> well,
0: yeah. We've been there. We were talking okay. yesterday. We were like, hey, I'm seeing that Mission Impossible movie just for, oh, just for him." Yeah, like, mm-hmm. He was wearing a mm-hmm. tight button-down shirt, and I was like, yo, he's got... Yeah. yeah. Just, that guy, oh, yeah, looked they good. were smart with casting him in that movie. He's, he's, he's smart to cast him in anything. In. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: She's so pretty.
0: <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. Um, and then like, even just looking back, William um, Manisteel was like filming, and looking at him now, it's like, the Dude is an action figure. Like he, mm-hmm. he, the mm-hmm. way like he, I don't know what kind of training you had to get to be in like to stay in that shape. But he vigorous. Yeah, so this like a rock. In, in a Man of Steel, yeah. whenever
1: he like dumps, jumps, comes out of the water, and he like takes the clothes in sort of that rainy town, and like his mm-hmm. pecs are their own. They like they have their own acting contract. Yeah, um, separate. His two have, basketball. These works of art, moving around. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: it's true. What a guy! But yeah, so Superman. When you first saw this film and Superman had like passed away, you were you didn't know how to feel in a way. Like you didn't know if you enjoyed the movie or no. no, I I definitely
1: enjoyed the movie, but like it leaves you. Like I, I was, I was invested in this film all the way through. Like in, in ways that it's really kind of hard to describe. And so the film ends with him dying and Mm -hmm. people mourning and it's only, you know, yes, they capture Lex Luthor and yes, Batman's going to gather the league, but holy shit, everyone he's dead. And the film Mm -hmm. doesn't do a whole lot to lift those spirits up at the end. It does a little bit but not a lot. And I'm not saying it should. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, how many films have we seen over the decades that their entire intention of being is to wreck your soul. Um, And this, you know, there has so much good stuff all along the way, but at the end, after first viewing, I was, I was kind of heartbroken because my Henry had died. My Superman had died. Um, Mm -hmm. And, but, I'm okay with that. <laughs> it's kind of where we are yeah. talking about this week in the film, is we're talking about everyone mourning the death of this man. And um, it took me a second viewing and a third viewing to be able to come past that and then look in, and, and like, you know, really get into all of the the heart and nuance all of, of all of the rest of the movie.
0: Yeah, I think um, over time, in a weird way, this film is starting to it's starting to show that it, it can, well, I guess if you take away like the world building parts, like the, like the flash parts and the Aquaman bits, mm-hmm. like if you take that, if you excuse that, cause that really was just universe building, but this film starts to take its, its own existence, like outside of the DC universe of films, like, and it just becomes this kind of, just really good story that exists like maybe there wasn't maybe man of steel didn't exist like maybe that movie didn't come out Mm -hmm. and then you just got this movie and like you know there will be someone who i think a lot of people actually saw this movie without seeing man of steel yeah because i remember that was always oh i didn't see man of steel but then i saw batman v superman i didn't like it it's like you really don't understand what just happened with that whole black zero event but you can fall upon this movie on its own and be like Here's a story where we have this Superman that already exists, and he's, you know, people don't like him because of, you know, in real life people fear that kind of person, and we have this Batman, and it's like this weird epic tale, it's like a thriller drama, yeah, you know, to sit through. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, it's just that weird continuity of like, hey, this world is already established in this in this turmoil, and then it resolves in this way where. This hero dies, or this person dies. Um, and it just becomes this weird but very, very powerful story. Do
2: you say the same? Do you, do you have the same feelings towards theatrical and extended edition? Or is it only one or the other?
0: Um,
2: like, you know what they're going to do? <clears throat> Excuse me, terrible. You know what they're going to do is they're going to start playing theatrical version. On television like what they did for HBO and everything like that yeah. so like TNT is gonna like come up sound somewhere down the line in the next few months and they're gonna play Batman versus Superman and people are only gonna be exposed to that tele- uh, you know that that televised shortened theatrical cut one so then does that movie still stand alone as like the dramatic thriller chess game mind mess up dealio that you have to sit through in my opinion not really
0: I think it could.
2: In my opinion, it just seems like the one that they're going to be putting on the TV is going to be like, hey, it's summertime. We need a superhero movie to play at 2 o'clock in the afternoon.
1: This is not that He's movie. Not this finished. is not the – No, it's This not. is not the – I mean <clears> – <throat> and, and I think that that's part of, quote, unquote, the problem. I don't think it's a problem. But this is not a feel-good superhero flick. And mm-hmm. – um Part of the derision it gets is for that very reason. Everyone wants to sit down to a superhero film. They want to feel good. They want endorphins pushed. They want, I say they.
0: They want to escape. Yeah, Yeah. and
1: certainly whenever we go see Avengers Infinity War later, that's kind of what we're looking for. Yeah. Um, But when you go to a Superman movie, sure, we're used to cheering Superman, but... um, that that that's not what this film is about. And he did a very different kind of take on Superman that really gets into the, the humanism and the introspection and, and, and just what it would mean to try to do the best thing you can in a world full of people who reject you the minute you look like you messed up.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Powerful stuff. We, we need those type of films. I mean, we don't see Watchmen as much on TV today. Like, you know so yeah it's hard really. to think because when it does come to like hey we need to fill in this prime time movie slot with a comic book movie they're not going to be picking watchmen so why would they pick dawn of justice they pick age they're of gonna, ultron they're going to be picking <laughs> age of ultron or something like that and in a weird way we need to be okay with that because thor ragnarok is a good movie even though it's a 180 from dawn of justice like we <laughs> need to understand that there are good versions of different genre type comic book movies. So like it's okay that this movie is the way it is just as like it's okay that uh, I guess Thor Ragnarok. No, let's well, see. Thor Ragnarok is great in its own way. Um, It's weird that it's just was, the tone
2: has changed so f- far now. Cause I was like, trying to
0: say like Justice League which is okay in its own way. But then I was like it, it just really isn't.
2: It's but just, you can put that on, on TNT oh, at that's 2 gonna, p.m. Justice and League, people will be like, oh, yeah, great. Justice League on The second cool. time
0: you and I saw Justice League in theaters, I said this movie is going to be on repeat on Cartoon oh, yeah. Network yeah. for the rest of its life. Yeah. Like.
2: Yeah. It's, you know, it's just one of those movies. And that's okay that these movies exist. And, you know,
0: I like feeling bad about Superman and Batman. Mm-hmm. Like, I like it. <laughs> or just, like, I don't know. Just, I feel like I always take it and make it more personal. Like, especially Man of Steel. Where it's like, okay, I need to be a better person at yeah, finding yourself and everything. Yeah.
1: yeah. You mentioned um, Justice League, you know, being played on repeat. It's weird how, when I sat down to, the f- to see that movie and it opens up, the first several shots are very Snyder. And they're very picking up right where this movie left off as far as tone and emotional, emotional level goes. Uh, but over mm-hmm. the course of that film, it transforms and changes into something else. And yeah. it's, it's almost like, it's almost like one of those things where they p- take one face and you like do the computer morphing to turn it into another face. And Zack Snyder got turned into Joss Whedon or something like that. Um, Cause by the end of the movie, it's a feel good superhero film. Yeah. And it kind of st- staggers drunkenly from one point to the next. Um, but the weird thing is, is that I actually kind of mostly enjoyed it, just a very, very, very different kind of enjoyment than um, than I got out of this film.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's still some bumps in the road in in that movie, but like well, after a while, you start to like once you you see for what it is, once you like switch, switch gears, like, yeah, yeah, because you know you can't you ha- you have to like not want dawn of justice you're gonna have to want a uh, superman yeah. fighting a giant monster and winning you gotta want the <laughs> avengers you know mm-hmm. and then you're like okay this movie is yeah fun. yeah <laughs> um but yeah um so cool so uh going into minute 161 here um lois like we talked about she's over here now with uh clark's body and um it's just a real emotional ride uh, throughout this minute. And like we said before, there's not a single bit of dialogue in this minute or much of this entire week. Really? This is, this is um, just pure, pure music taking it away at this point, you Mm -hmm. know? And uh, there's something that's underappreciated about this type of decision making, for a death scene or even even a climactic moment like that there's no dialogue um we saw (laughs) we saw a movie last night nate and i and it seemed like someone had to say exactly what was going on the whole time to kind of like just we really need you to understand even if you just saw it visually like someone needs to say it out loud so that you understand what's happening, and if someone in this minute had looked at Lois Lane and said, "He's dead" or something like that, like complete, out. that would be a, just such a complete turn off. Just thinking about it, because it's like I need everyone to just be quiet yeah. and just. And, and something about these films, Man of Steel and Dawn of Justice, where it's just like no one needs to say anything, and we just need to have this grandiose moment we just need to you know this is filmmaking 101 just have the visuals have the audio let that tell the story moving pictures you know like and it, then we, we it, it, it
1: mirrors reality because anyone who's suffered a great loss and you're sitting there overwhelmed by your emotions I mean and it, mm-hmm. people are probably sitting there next to you and like, we have these social impulses to like fill silence with words, but whenever you're dying inside because you've lost someone, I mean, words feel so artificial. So you have like, at least, I'm only, I can only say my own experience in my own head in these kinds of moments where like, you know, someone's there. So you feel like you should talk, but all you can do is cry and you wouldn't know what to say anyway. And that's where we are in this moment. Is that Lois? All she can do is weep. All she can do is kiss her, her, her beloved, and um, cradle him in her arms. And Wonder Woman is standing there, and she, she comes from a world where you only die if you're killed. You don't otherwise die. You just you just keep yeah. on going. And yet she's been in man's world for a hundred years now and it's full of death. And so it's like, it's conflicted. It's like, this is, this is something that she can't personally directly relate to. And yet she can, because other people in this world have died. Um, I, I just, I see the conflict on, on Gal Gadot's face whenever she looks down, just the sad, sad conflict.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, Exactly what you just said where it's like, even if you wanted to say something, like what could you say and why you know why even, and so like that is what's running through Diana's mind at this point. it's like you know i I could you know, we could do the whole universe building like, oh, she lost someone too kind of thing, like, oh, you know, going let's reference Steve Trevor in this moment, and it's like, or how about no, and just like, yeah, she can't do that right now, this is not about her, this is not about trying to sympathize like this is a very dark moment for Lois Lane and you know like this is a time for mourning like and you know if you wanted to say something it just it's just stuck in your throat you know like you can't you can't even fathom saying something right now
2: one of the um I'm pretty sure out of the new 52 one of those um last days of Superman books or whatever um I can't remember which issue it was. It might have been in the Batman Superman one, but I don't know. One of them had absolutely no dialogue in it, and it was just like one of the most perfect things because it was right around when he was about to die, and uh it just didn't need you just had you did not need speech bubbles in that thing. Mm-hmm. And it it just works perfectly. It's like one of these. It's um you know in death of like there's the narration mm-hmm. of like oh a Superman died today or whatever, but you know I'll argue that hey just don't even have anything just have the
0: blank page of lois
2: over the body and you know we get it
0: yeah uh i i I think what you said john about saying that talking is artificial at this in in these Mm -hmm. scenes like in these type of scenes if it's done i think that's the best takeaway for it and the best way to explain is like it's it's so artificial when you have to have someone say you know he's dead he's dead like clark kent or clark (laughs) died you know or something like that it's like no, there's no need for that and and if it's going to seem feel feel artificial that's the best way to explain why it that kind of kills the mood or something like that it's like we didn't we didn't need that um, and that really takes us out of it and so yeah like that movie that Nate and I watched last night just it was just nothing but that where it's like okay we need to let people know what's happening by saying it out loud and it's like Yeah, but then you're really ruining this moment. (laughs) It happens. Um,
1: And then Batman walks up. uh,
2: Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, does Batman walk up? In the most, like, in the coolest fashion. Mm -hmm. I know what's going on. I know he just died right now, but, like, let me give a round of applause to this (laughs) Batman walking out of this debris. I have this as a gift saved on my phone for just use and to look at. I remember seeing that in the trailer and just thinking that's the coolest Batman thing I've ever seen It's one
1: seen of those things life. where like, yeah. you know, one of the things you learn about in film is that context is everything for a shot. Take that shot just by itself mm-hmm. out of the car, the rest of this. And yeah. you could put that like, Batman's ready to whoop your ass. Batman's ready to love yeah. Robin. Batman's ready to, you know, whatever it is, Batman is walking out and he is ready to be Batman.
2: Mhm. Yeah, I I I mean in the trailer I do remember like this was just that scene. You had no idea what the context was and it was just that that's just a good just WWE walkout Batman right there.
0: Yeah, out of between like with fire and yeah. debris and and all kinds of stuff and then you get like this Like Papa Roach should be playing in the background right now. <laughs> oh my. <God>. But yeah, <laughs> it's just like what's so what's so great about it is it's just mere presence. You know, this big Batman. Huge. Huge guy. Huge friggin' guy. Huge friggin' guy. Just walking out of debris, fire, smoke. Uh, he's not wearing. Uh, I mean, yeah, superhero costumes, like they have armor padding or muscle padding to make him look bigger. But in the universe of it all, like this Batman is just that big naturally that his. He's not wearing like Dark Knight armor. You know, he's not wearing separation of plates and all that. It's just this huge guy, you know, walking out of this debris and and that that alone is like, damn. That was I think that was the first time people saw Ben Affleck in the bat suit, right? Like seeing him kind of like this. I mean, we saw some some photography um behind the scenes and whatnot, but trailer-wise like we're seeing Ben Affleck the scene of in him rising up out Kong. of the yeah. Batmobile and to, to see. confront Superman. Also, one of the early
2: shots. I don't know which oh, one the yeah. saw was. Oh, yeah, that was those was the, two shots. His knees all the way up to him.
0: Yeah, where he was sitting on like the, the chair. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he's. Is he's, that real smoke in the
2: background? Looks like real smoke, doesn't it? It's probably CGI. Okay? Oh, that's a bummer. Man, yeah, it, that smoke looks real. Y'all hearing me okay?
1: Hello? Okay, good. Um Yeah,
0: yeah, we're here you now. It
1: kinda- the, the um the, the thing I was thinking of whenever I watched him walk out though is where he is on his redemption journey. As far as you know, earlier this night he was trying to kill this man. He was mm-hmm. legitimately trying to kill this man. And then we go through the moment where, you know, he is acting. He realizes that Superman is acting out of desperation to save, to save someone. And then uh, someone is his mom and he decides to go and save Martha. And then he's in this fight with this giant monster and Superman's helping and everything he was accusing Superman of being, they're actually trying to destroy now in doomsday. Um, and superman has given his life to save the world from this monster and now he's lying dead at batman's feet so it's it's been an emotional roller coaster for bruce wayne tonight um and where where is he now is he is he re- has he realized by now that everything he knew was wrong has he realized yet that that superman really is a Superman that he really is the best a person could be, um, or is that going to dawn on him between now and the funeral? Is that going is, is is this moment looking down at Lois cradling Superman's body? Is this visual going to stay in his mind for the next several days between now and the funeral as he starts to think about what it all meant? Um, I just it's a complex moment for, for Batman right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, he, he has to, he has to look upon Lois Lane, like severely grieving, like in the most amount of pain, you know, cradling Superman's body and, and just being so distraught about it. People, someone who really loved this person, you know, just not even just like romantically loved, but like, de- like devotedly, uh, like believed in this person, and and you know this, she believed in Superman, she believed in Clark Kent, she believed in Kal and he's he's just full of inner struggle as always of of dealing with that of having to come out of the debris and look upon this person that. It's just so distraught that their their person is dead you know kind of thing and he i'm sure it's just full of regret going on um all three of them are are experiencing this 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 right here like they're at like ground zero of superman's death like the superman that's on this planet and and they're all experiencing it experiencing it in different ways that it's just each one of them you know his regret you know lois lane's loss and just i don't know maybe wonder woman is somewhere in, in the compassionate field of of trying to deal with this as well but yeah it's just just trying to think about what's what's going through his head i'm, I'm sure it's just full of regret it's full of um the stages of grief that we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. you know like he wants the the scene with uh martha in the uh where he was trying to kill superman like once that bit happened he's been on this path of realizing how far he's he's gone off the deep end you know he's been regretting it he's been denying it his aggression fueled him in the warehouse scene and that's just all this huge part of him trying to figure out that he's he's messed up you you know?
1: know people will sometimes say about this movie that Batman would never, or, you know, Batman wouldn't do this. Batman wouldn't do that. That, that where Batman is in this film is not Batman. And I'm kind of sitting here thinking that's kind of the point that that that's the point of the story is that Batman is, is in a very bad place. And we have had comic Mm -hmm. stories about Batman being in a very bad place and doing a whole lot of things that Batman would never do. They do exist. They're out there. They're not always part of the main continuity because usually you kind of step outside of continuity to explore those kinds of stories. But um, Batman in this film starts out not Batman. And over the course of this film, he finds redemption, he finds the road back and it's this moment right here that is kind of the linchpin for that.
0: If anything, I've always felt like this is more in line with how Batman would truly be. I mean, it's we, we like to play favorites with our comic book stories when we want to defend how a superhero should be. Oh, uh, he should be, you know, all-star Superman, or he should be superman earth one or he you know maybe someone maybe someone does want red sun superman maybe that is their superman but people tend to choose like oh christopher reeves is how they like this superman should be like he Mm -hmm. should be like superman the movie it's like you i see you picking and choosing and you know we do that with all our superheroes like batman included and like oh batman can't kill because he doesn't kill in the dark knight it's like you are really just you're you're forcing upon someone like, okay, this is how he should be. Okay. Well, maybe to you, you really like that, but that just comes down to preference. And in this story, like we've, we've been doing this whole minute by minute thing. And over over the time we've started to learn that, okay, it always looks like he's killing a lot of people in this movie, but it doesn't seem as so because a lot of them from the Batmobile chase end up at the warehouse. So if, they're there mm-hmm. then they never did die kind of thing so it starts to be like a okay well maybe he's just really brutal and maybe he's not murderous batman like most people say he is and then it seems like okay well that seems more in line with batman because it's a guy who's dressing up as a bat he's like he belongs yeah. in arkham asylum just with anyone else you know and it's like he's gonna stick the street combat so he's just gonna deck people yeah and if he's you know the warehouse scene just makes a lot of sense that this guy would be this not only menacing and 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 fiendish but like yeah maybe he would go the wrong way with things because his you know he's messed up i mean his parents were killed in that alley like and now he dresses up like his bat like a bat of course he's gonna like I don't know, just... Fall off the deep end? Yeah. (laughs) This guy is... is, He's just asking for it. To have a Batman show up in a movie where he just always got the right answer, like, that doesn't come naturally. Like, he had... There's got to be something in Batman to to get to the point of of being the best, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. we have to see him really struggle. You think 20 years of fighting criminals is going to make you a better person? If anything, that makes you... like. You end up like Q from or Quint from uh, Jaws, you know. Like you just end up like, <laughs> Quinn, yeah. yeah, you just, like <laughs> twenty years of you know. Good reference. Yeah, like no, seriously, oh, man. Like, like that, you Captain Quinn Batman. <laughs> well, yeah, but just think about like that doesn't make that you know him living the life he lived this is like it, a
2: doll's eyes. It didn't
0: make it. Yeah, it didn't make him any better. He just got more like. Yeah, he just got more unhinged as a person over time. Like, I feel like that's the best way to explain it. Like, you're not living a good life for 20 years. You're living the worst kind of life for 20 years. Like, how is that going to turn you into a person? Yeah. I don't know. There you go, man. I like to
2: think, you know, as we're wrapping up here again with this Batman shot coming out, there's something weird that I'm trying to pick up on. And it's like, as he's walking out of the debris... I get that, like that demon Batman feel, but as he comes out of it and the light hits him, it turns into more. Like you start to see his face more. It starts to be like more than just, you know, it's a man, um, not just in a costume, but it's a man
0: looking upon this other being that you know. You see someone's humanity start to show. Yeah, it comes yeah, from yeah. The wreckage. Yeah, that's I think so. That's there's like weird. a, there's like a metaphorical like. Progression right there, yeah. Like you absolutely, see the, you see the dark where he's been in the shadows his whole mm-hmm. life, and
2: and now he's coming out. And, it. and sunlight, look, it's like the lighting is all there too. Yeah. It's it's sunlight very sunlight
0: hits him. He's turning yeah. into a human. He's starting to realize the errors of his ways. It's so a big
2: change right there. He's going
0: up, you know, he's climbing yeah. up out of the wreckage. I believe that the wreckage of his life. There you <laughs> go. There. We'll there's one more
1: <laughs> shot that's split between this minute and the next, but it, it goes with this scene. So I don't think we should talk about it here. But as we pull back, and there's you know. the the one we were talking about at the beginning of the show where they're kind of standing there helpless off on the side, you see three crosses standing on the hill. Now Mm -hmm. there's a, there's a lot of different interpretations out there for Superman. There's a lot of different ways to read him. He was created by two Jewish guys in Cleveland. Um, And so certainly Christ metaphor Mm -hmm. is not a part of his original um, state uh, But it's definitely something that has been Infused with the right. character over the last several decades So I I can take it Or leave it but I, I will certainly mm-hmm. recognize It when it's there And since we have the Pietas, Since we have G- uh, Superman dying for the salvation Of humanity To um, just very subtly In the back just in the top left corner Of the screen it's not even very big And it's very subtly lit but there are three crosses back there. And um, just just wreckage, you know. It's, to me, it's a nice touch. Um, I don't know if somebody would call it just putting, you know, putting it more on the nose. Kind of like whenever the stained glass of Jesus was behind Superman and Man of Steel when he was going to the priest for help. Uh, people call that as being really on the nose. Um, but, but I like it. I recognize I see it. What do y'all think about
2: that? Yeah. Um, I mean, if it's it, uh, we we found something out about it, you want
0: take it? <laughs> should we yeah. save it? Maybe we should save it for, for tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, but we'll talk about this real quick. Um, is it on the nose? Uh, not really, because it's not. It's if- it is,
2: but it's also like taken as a subtle. I'll go back to that man of steel one with the whole the stained glass window. That's like that is should be on the nose. But there have and like the guy was in like, you know, um, it was I think it was uh, it was a stained glass of um, Archangel Michael. And uh, Michael is uh, depicted with a red cape and blue suit very commonly. So someone
0: pointed out that it's Jesus asking for help just as Clark Kent is asking that guy for advice as well. So like there was something about like what that mural was mm-hmm. was exactly what Clark was doing in that moment, which was asking for guidance. Yeah. So I don't know if it's Jesus or, or My, Michael. Michael,
2: it's one I I remember Michael yeah, wearing I, I a red that. cape I, I and blue. Like an and I remember yeah. thinking like, oh like that 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 makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um the um the painting I think the painting of, of Michael defeating Lucifer um uh has him in the same same outfit. That doesn't matter. But the, the crosses uh, I'm taking it for what it is. Um We can talk about them more tomorrow. Um, The crosses do show up, in fact, in the death of book itself. So it's a good tie, you know, nod to that. Um, Yeah, it's it's a little bit, there's a little, there's better meanings uh, (laughs) that we've, that we've uncovered while doing this podcast. Um, I
0: will say that uh, I'm all for the allegory. Uh, Oh yeah,
2: for sure. Even be it with Jesus or Moses allegories, like throw them
0: in there because it's, it's
2: literature. It's just good storytelling. If you,
0: if you do allegories right, and I feel like this film does the, it, the allegory that it wants to do with Jesus Christ and Christianity, mm-hmm. they, in my opinion, they did it right, so I'm for it. I yeah. may not be a Christian person. I may not be into that religion, but they did it well, so they deserve to keep it in the film. Yeah. If other works want to do allegories to other stuff, I'm for it if they succeed in accomplishing it it can't just be you know they can't i don't know they it can't be uh forced um and it has to serve a purpose you know if you're going to be making this allegory okay well why are we making this christian allegory well because superman's going to become one of the main protectors of this planet we're going to bring a new era of of uh, hope and peace to this world when, you know, he comes back and he's, you know, classic Superman in Justice League. Like, you know, that's what they're aiming for. So that's why they're going with this. They're not just going, hey, same, like, look, he, he's Jesus Christ in this world. It's like, no, <laughs> they want his Superman to be kind of like this guy who went through trials and tribulations to become the superman that we know and love like he he worked him his ass off to get there you know so like i feel like the allegory works here so that's why i'm for it um with the you know maybe maybe the man of steel thing maybe it was on the nose right then and there but um still meant something this part i mean i missed it the first time watching it like i didn't see the cross there I don't think no, or maybe I did. I know I saw it eventually. I mean, you—it was honestly
2: the like sore thumb to me, just because yeah. I re- I remember the last page of of the book. So, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So, yeah I,
0: I do not remember it being in the comics. Yeah, since it
1: was in the comics, uh, I'm just like categorically approve because they're they're not adapting that story, but they're yeah. inspired by that story and they're pulling stuff from it. And um and yeah, put it. Mm-hmm. No arguments.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm all for it. I'm, you know, that, the poses that they are in, the way that this frame is is shot and structured. Slap that thing on a canvas. Yeah, you know, it it just. Room. I'm sold. I really am sold. Um, it just it it works. You know, uh, you don't have to say anything. Like, I don't know. I don't feel like, I don't understand how there could not be, an emotion. Well, I guess there was an emotional connection whether you didn't like it or you did like it you know at this point in the film people were having an emotional reaction whether it was positive or negative so um but yeah that's art either you like it or you hate it right sure um but yeah that's all that's all i had for this one i guess we'll, we'll save uh some more stuff about this shot because it's definitely how the next uh how tomorrow's episode starts but um do you guys have anything else for this
1: um I think I'm good cool
0: Alrighty, guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap up for today. If you enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minutes and the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society, where you can talk to us there, other people who listen to the show and other guests who have been on the show. And uh, don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps us out on the show, helps other people find the show out. And we'll catch you guys next time here on DC Cinematic Minute.